everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sounds from the 70s with Gary and Rob, sometimes known as Shuggy. I hate the bloody queen, two sheds. Shuggy. Coming to you from an undisclosed location on top of a hill. Just any hill. Um, not <laughs> Benny Hill. Oh, not Benny Hill. Oh, we're off with, we're just off to a flying star today, aren't we, people? Uh, is, is Benny with us? I'm sure he is. Now, uh, when we were about to start this three-episode theme of punk rock in America, I had no idea it was going to be so, uh, what would you say, a controversial? I didn't either. And it especially, certainly has been. Especially with my uh, compadre, uh, as witnessed by last week's episode, who went against me like a traitor. Yeah. The worst sin in the world is disloyalty. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is, as Al Pacino said, uh, Hey, fart knocker. Did he say that? <laughs> now, I forgot now. Uh, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. That was Al Pacino. Oh. That wasn't that Chinese book of war at all. Yeah. Michael Colleone. <laughs> um, I got lost. Oh. <laughs> uh, but what was interesting about last week's episode where we disagreed uh, vehemently uh, is that I also realize now that everybody, that not everybody, sorry, that not everybody grew up listening to this music all the time like I did. So it's not exactly loved by everybody as I was, as I had assumed it. In fact, it was. must be. It uh, it's actually far from loved by everybody, <laughs> but it's almost like breathing to me because I was exposed to it so much. So I guess boogaloo to me on this one. I don't usually say boogaloo to me because that's usually boogaloo to somebody else. But on this occasion, (laughs) boogaloo to me for thinking that everybody liked it because I grew up with it. So, uh, um, you were wrong. On this theme, I acquired taste of yours. It 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 seems like it is an acquired taste. It seems like uh, it is funny when you grow up with the music and you think that everybody's listening to it and you realize that uh, nobody's heard. That a lot of this music nobody's heard of. Exactly. I heard the one song on the album, and uh, that always left me with a rather uh, glowing um, um, uh, memory of the well, band. Well, you know what? A lot of musicians have. As is, punk rock was not played on the radio all that often, no. if at all. In fact, they didn't. I didn't hear any Ramones on the radio until like uh, the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> I well, did exactly. Not hear I did not. Not everybody had a brother who brought home punk rock records every week, which is exactly the truth in my and when. And in the punk rock community and the new wave community, people would buy, that's all they would listen to. I wasn't in that community, but I had a brother who was. And other than that, that music really didn't get circulated except for critics who praised all the great stuff. And of course, there's bad stuff in everything, in any form of music. But it's, no, it is an awakening to me. It really was where I actually thought for like, 40 years oh everybody grew up on punk rock and all this and, stuff and, and so it's also it's the Ramones <laughs> you heard of the Ramones right you've heard their music and it's like yeah I've heard those three songs yeah I, 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 I consider that a rare a rare faux pas by me 
I don't consider it a faux pas. It's, uh, like I say, they, they, they maybe things would be different if I had grown up uh, listening to it, but I had not, and I got to it at an age where we will talk more about that later. Okay. About your age? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more about that later. <laughs> talk more about Rob's Let's advanced just age. Let's say I am not a child. <laughs> <laughs> he just acts like one. Yeah, you wouldn't know it by judging my behavior, but if you looked at me, you'd probably think... That fella, he's not a child. He's a pedophile. <laughs> he, by the way, he's not actually a pedophile, but by God, he looks like one. <laughs> and don't let Rob's legal troubles bother you. <laughs> Today, we're not making fun of pedophilia, but he really does look like one. Yeah, if uh, well, you'll see when we when we see we are on. Yeah, see. when we when we broadcast this, you will see, and you'll go, man, oh, yeah, man, yeah. He's the guy, these guys were so right, man. I thought Gary was just being mean, but no, no, he's just he's just telling the truth. He's man. he's he's being mild. <laughs> <laughs> that guy should be in prison uh, for his looks. <laughs> uh, today we have another trailblazer. Today, let's edit that in. Another troubadour. Yeah, I'm gonna edit this in. Today we have another trailblazing buck. Sorry. We're not going to edit that either. But I actually thought that we were because you went that we were going to edit that in. <laughs> well, that was my version of the edit. That's the uh, lazy man edit. We have another trailblazing punk rock album to review by Richard Hell and the Voidoids called Blank Generation from 1977, which I'm sure will be controversial again. Uh, but first, we have to go to something extremely, extremely important, which is, Super. Rob, how was your week? I, I Did you go even. down where the hobos go to collect cans? <laughs> <laughs> Collecting cans. I wish that's all we did. Those guys, they're rambunctious. Sometimes they like to fish. They're, they're gung-ho. Well, you know, at least they're doing something. Anyways, that which brings it to you. How was your... It's a good, nice segue to you. So how was your week? What the hell did I do this week? This is the same thing that happens. You always pose this question. I'm always left wondering, what did I do this week? I can't think of anything. i got to make something up. But I do realize why it is I'd rather make something up than say the real thing. When you make something up, you leave happy. I always say you talk too fast. No, you talk, I talk too the fast. Right do you ever listen to old radio shows? They talk faster than that. I'm like a slow guy compared to those uh, those rules. Oh, well, I know many people have said you're a slow guy. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> those shows are popular, and uh, I'm less popular. Therefore, yeah. if I talk faster, I'll be more popular. I, I was I was actually talking to some of our fans last week, and they said, "Yeah, he's pretty. He's a slow guy." Yeah. He talks fast every now and then. Don't give him coffee. Don't give him coffee. I said, yes. Yeah, I, I like the word special. But if you like the word to say slow guy, it's better than the other R word that you could use. Um, you know what it's time for, Rob? I do. It is time for Papa Don't Take the words. <laughs> Let's take a try. Ah, on it. <laughs> no, I guess I don't know what it's time for. It's odds and ends. Lost time is not found again. And today we are going to talk about (laughs) how I can't get at all my books and magazines (laughs) and records and CDs. I tried my best, man. That helped me in my research and in doing segments on this show. Now, from what Rob said, Rob did uh, an amazing job just to get my boxes into my place. And, uh, but I don't have any room to open them up and I haven't, you know, now all this stuff, all this stuff that I need, 
is in boxes in my basement. Stacked higher than uh, us. It's, it's stacked <laughs> right to the freaking roof, as Rob will attest, because he did an incredible job just to fit all that stuff in. All those years of playing Tetris, they paid Very off. good. And until <laughs> spring, when there is a big yard sale, uh, I am powerless to open up those boxes. And I just, just kind of just wanted to bitch about that. I say yeah. I, 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 the couch is so nice here in, in our in our studio that gotta I always want to go down and lean and just. But I, ref, I understand that it might affect the sound a little bit, so I'm trying to stay. Uh, what do you call less it? Less comfortable. Less comfortable. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, when I sell the stuff and like, so all that stuff like is going to be till May when all this stuff will get moved and I can actually open up boxes. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to really need this stuff. <laughs> I really am. Like, uh, I, I, I need to listen to stuff that I, for, and I was like, oh, you know, I can't get at it. I can't get at materials that I use all the and time. And you know you've got stuff. But the one mistake you made was 80% of the boxes you used look the same i know <laughs> but i did mark them but then you can't get at them because no, you're we more concerned the there we were and... more concerned about making space than oh we should have this on the bottom and this on the... that didn't matter the i time. should have did it. well actually no i did when i uh do boxing and uh, putting stuff back on the shelves uh, the labeling uh, we put the labels to the front but i uh finally the labels weren't always on the front. We of the didn't boxes. have time to yeah. like. Oh, we should put the CDs here and the books and oh, oh, yeah, yeah, to actually yeah. sort through. Yeah, we we were we were in a stressful situation. So I'm just bitching. I'm just letting things go. I'm just I'm just saying my mind right now, and also killing time while we're doing odds and ends because I don't have much of an odds and ends. I do have a little bit for odds and ends, so I want to see. Um. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, oh, I also while we're doing this, and I'm venting. I need to vent also about Rob's sister. All right. Who uh, has my drum kit. Oh, yeah. We will have, we'll have to bring that up sometime. Yeah. Well, I'm bringing it up right now. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. if we're if if I'm venting, why not vent about everything? Okay. And uh, she has my drum kit, which uh, they can use all they want in, her, in their house. But uh, remember, it's mine. And when the time comes, oh... 10 or 15 years down the road. <laughs> I will need that drum kit back. So don't give me a hard time about it. You can talk to my lawyers, Deloitte, Deloitte, and Touche. <laughs> which actually is an actual lawyer company. So don't fuck with me. <laughs> it may sound funny, but Deloitte, Deloitte, and Touche actually exists. <laughs> That's better so, than my legal firm. But if you want to give it back now, don't. We don't want it. Rob, do we want that drum kit back? Uh, not if they've uh, rubbed their buttocks upon it. No, because no. we got absolutely... I got <laughs> no room. We just said how I had to get all the boxes in. And, and I'm looking around room. thinking maybe this is a good place here on top of the hill. But then I'm looking uh, and I think, oh, there's a drum kit there. Oh, there's a drum kit there. That's too many drum kits for, for one hill. There's too many drum kits for one hill. So what we're saying is uh, keep the drum kit for now. Because we don't want it. But when I need it, don't give me a hard time. Yeah. Because my lawyers are powerful, they're strong, and they have three names. <laughs> Remember what they did to Winchester? <laughs> <laughs> so you say things that people don't understand, they go freak out. They freak out, Rob. Yeah, they but we out. haven't mentioned Winchester in a long time, have we? 
Yeah, well, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought your legal firm was more powerful than that. <laughs> We've said worse things than that, but I haven't used names, my friend. Um, also, I wanted to bring up, this is uh, not so breaking news, but it happened a couple of days ago. Uh, we lost the doctor this week. We lost uh, one of our heroes, the, the person who I envision as being a DJ for life, uh, Howard Hessman. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Dr. Johnny Fever died at 81 uh, from colon cancer, a very long and uh, fruitful life. He started in the, uh, I saw him too, not not. Not when it was aired, but he, I saw a repeat of... He wasn't a real doctor. ...of the Dick Cavett show <laughs> when he was on with Janis Joplin and uh, when he was part of the, the committee, which was a San Francisco comedy group. And he knew Janis very well. There's a picture of... Oh, no, that's a picture of him and Mick. But he also has a picture of himself and uh, Janis Joplin together. He has a picture of himself and Mick on WKRP, if you ever see it. It's always on his. It's always on his wall in his apartment. Mm. Those are actual pictures because he was actually in that scene. He wasn't a musician, but he was one of those. He was actually a DJ. He was actually a DJ around that time, and he lived a really cool life. Like, and then he started acting, and he was in the comedy uh, troupe, the committee, which had Winchester on it, which had um, David, David Ogden Stiers in Dave, it. David Ogden Stiers. <laughs> But we'll talk more about that later. And he also put a couple of people from the committee. I don't know about, yeah. Uh, if anybody remembers Buffy, who was played his girlfriend on that one episode. Yeah, Where yeah. she took the pills and promised to die. She was part of the committee. Also, Bobby Boogie, who came into Dell's store, was also part of the committee. So he had a, he kind of brought people in for guest shots whenever he could. He knew talented people. He knew talented. He knew a lot of people. He was a big influence. Uh, I know for me and Rob. Uh, yeah, that show was uh, just so well written, and uh, as far as a rock and roll education, uh, we got a very good. <laughs> we got a very good rock and roll education from WKRP, and uh, we got an education not only, especially from the doctor, who was. Who exemplified, and I'm not kidding here, I'm, exemplified doing what you want, playing what you want, not going by the rules and saying, you know, I'm going to play disco because it's, I don't, I don't like disco, so I'm not going to play it. Or I don't like this music, so I'm not going to play it. Of course, you can't really do that now. Even WKP, or WKRP forecasts that they would have programming. They had an episode where they showed that they would have automatic programming. Maybe a computer programming right. all the music much like all the music is programmed now and they had a very they just had a very they had very well it was one it's one of our favorite shows ever because it showed the real heart of rock and roll which is rebellion and which is playing what you want and which is doing what you want and not doing what it, uh the 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 suits want you to do in in the corporate area of the music business and it was a funny, it was a hilariously funny show. And the doctor was a hilariously funny character, as was everybody on the show. But the show, to musicians and to people who loved music, was more than that. It, it just showed the, the spirit of rock that, you know what? If I want to play this song and it's 10 minutes long, I'm going to play it. And it showed like the rebellious spirit of the DJ 
uh, coming in in whatever state of mind you want it to come <laughs> into, and you know nowadays you, you it's just it's just not the same at all like it was back no, then. But we not... learned so much. I learned so, not just with the the music that I heard, which is amazing. So much music that I had never heard, even though you may have only heard fifteen seconds of it. That's the first time I heard animals. Yep. Well, yeah, Pink Floyd yeah, yeah. animals. He's playing it, and the, yeah. the art was asking uh, if he heard dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, and you knew that this wasn't his character of Doctor Johnny Fever was steeped in, like when he said, you know, it's got to. I remember when he said on the disco episode. Remember when he was the? Uh, I forget what his name was on the disco episode. But when he told the the lady, you know, I don't play disco music on your on this, and oh, yeah, since, yeah. and well, he, he said, you know, it's got to like uh, Dick yeah, Clark right. Uh, I forget his name, but he dyed his hair and everything, and then he hosted this disco show, and he said, no, I can't do it because it's if it ain't rock and roll. It, oh, I forget now. I forget. I had it all the time. The Chuck <laughs> Berry line. It's got to be rock and roll to me. Um, no, that's if Billy you Joel. Dance, if you want to dance, yeah. It's got to be rock and roll music if you want to dance with me. And he said that, you know, and you knew that he meant it. You knew that he had been around. He had been around the biggies, that he had been around music. This wasn't some actor who was playing the part of uh, a DJ, even though he was a very good actor. He was also, he had lived that lifestyle. He had actually knew these people he was playing the music of. So... Uh, rest in peace. Uh, it's hard to believe the doctor's gone. Very hard to believe the doctor's gone. Uh, far back as mankind has recorded human history, it's always been the suits versus the dungarees. Yeah, Johnny never gave in to the dungaree or the suits. Never did. <laughs> dungarees. Man, that was a good episode. <laughs> now today we have, unfortunately. <laughs> Our first, our first episode with our uh, uh, music re- rock music report from our new correspondent. He's, he's more literate than the monkey. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, don't don't knock the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> we have university teacher and music theologian Anthony Linton Hogg. Uh, uh, I think we told. I think I told everybody about Anthony Linton Hogg. He teaches at the uh, uh, at the, the uni- local university and teaches theology, and he's very well versed uh, in uh, music and music history. He's and what blah. we call a musical smarty pants. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So without without further ado, uh, Mr. Linton Hogg, and we asked him to do a commentary on punk rock. So if you will. Mr. Hogg. Can I call you Mr. Hogg or Mr. Linton Hogg? Mr. Hogg. <laughs> that was a long wait, wasn't that, people? <laughs> that was that was like suspenseful. That was like the ending of a really suspenseful movie. Okay, so uh, if you would, give us your first uh, uh, correspondence. That would... I would just like to say thank you to, to you, Gary, and to you, Rob, for having me on the show, and to everybody connected with the show who has been so nice to me since since I was hired to write a few pieces for them. Uh, let me start by saying, punk rock is, 
is bullshit. It's the kind of moronic drivel of the the peasants of the 17th century they'd make if they had the brains to actually make musical instruments. They didn't. The only thing they could do was, was copulate and go in the forest and lay a big doo-doo. Now, I'm fairly sure that all of the punk rockers of the last 45 years are able to do that also. But it, it staggers the mind to think that not only was this music even created, but that, that, that imbeciles listened to it and liked it. Liked it. That's the, that's the part I can't, I can't fathom. I thought about it and I decided I'd rather walk down the street without shoes and have somebody step on my feet and, and then knee me in the ball sack three times. That's right. I'd rather be violently kneed in the ball sack once and suffer the immense amount of pain that you get from that. And I'd get up to my feet and I'd have somebody do it again to me afterwards. I'd, I'd stagger out for a, for a short period of time in intense and excruciating pain. Uh, and then I'd have someone come up and, and do it to me again. Then, then, then. Ah, the groin area. Oh. If they walked by me and spit on me, that would be fine. Be glorious compared to listening to any of what these so-called punk rock for five seconds. Also, I find that Johnny Rodden had been an extremely distasteful person. I went to a cocktail party where he was present, and all he kept doing all night was picking his nose and touching his crotch like some baboon. But I guess it's my fault to expect him to act anywhere close to civilized. I, I also thought his clothes were atrocious. I have nothing further to say. Well, um, thank you, Mr. Linton Hogg. Thank, thank you, Linton. Your, your views on the history of punk rock are enlightening. To say the least, I thought I thought um, you would talk more about the actual history <laughs> instead of your vitriol against uh, punk rock, like the bands and stuff. Like you are a theologian, are you not, Mister Linton Hogg? Yes. And to answer your previous question, no. <laughs> so, so if I can get this, if I can get this straight, now you're not going to give the history. <laughs> of punk rock you're just going to uh give us your views on how you like something or dislike something probably more dislike something is this going to be like a trend that's going to be happening in all our uh all your reports i've noticed you have a penchant for asking me a question and then before i answer it ask me another question uh, i'm going to give you your first question about the history of punk rock uh, punk rock did not exist and then it did there there's the history of punk rock <laughs> <laughs> You're quite a character, Mr. Linton Hogg. Uh, I know that our viewers would be interested in uh, knowing what type of uh, credentials you have, if any. And I would probably assume, uh, if any. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't mean that you didn't have any credentials, but you sound more uh, like a British, I hate to use the word, but a British snob than an actual uh, music theologian. Would that be correct? A snob? I get accused of that a lot, and it's because I am. <laughs> so you you admit to that? Well, that's that's very fun. I I found your piece a very um, it wasn't enlightening. Uh, it uh, I don't know. It was just hateful. <laughs> it it shed to the. I'm just saying to the listener out there who is not not informed about a lot about punk rock you you gave them nothing except that you didn't like johnny rotten's clothes and i find that that doesn't help them much and that you you prefer to be kicked in the ball sack rather than listen to punk rock doesn't tell them about the clash or anything like that i'm just curious that 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 was actually your intent is to not inform people of the what you're supposed to do 
That's not correct. I believe I've informed them as much as they need to be informed. Now, you think about the clash. Now, think about uh, a good swift kick to the groin area. Okay. That's all you need to know. Okay, we, I think we've had enough for today. Uh, hopefully this comes back. Uh, <laughs> and we have more. It seems that... Uh, I look forward to returning. Well, we'll decide about that. Seems Soon. like Seems like... <laughs> seems like somebody has a stick they need to get out of their ass but anyways uh, thank you for dropping by and i hope when you do the next report uh you can report on what the hell we told you to report on (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) so today oh we're going to end early today Uh, Uh, let's get the hell out of here (laughs) (laughs) that uh that as we watch Mr. Linton Hogg get ready to leave. Uh, I find that he dresses the same way that he talks. <laughs> I think the Sunnis got, uh, the, 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 you could get those back at the turn of the century. <laughs> but I don't think you can find well, them Well, when anymore. he came out with that pocket watch uh, out of there to tell the time, and uh, oh, I, I think we knew that uh, that maybe he hadn't have listened to any rock and roll. I don't think maybe he'd even... Entered the jazz age. <laughs> what did they listen to back at the turn of the century? A lot of. Uh, he seems to have listened to a lot of Wagner. <laughs> so uh, today, with the amount of time we have left, which is a lot, a lot, we are reviewing the debut album by Richard Hell and the Voidoids called Blank Generation, released in. 1977 but he has uh, a Richard Hell a very uh, colorful history he was uh, Kentucky born which you would never guess because he exudes New York City uh, he moved to, to New York City after dropping out of high school in 1966 uh, wanting to become a poet and a very good poet he is uh, then he started uh, joining some bands in school. He actually, not in school, I'm sorry, when he came to New York, one of the bands he joined was with a fellow named Tom Miller. And Tom Miller became, I didn't tell you that Richard Hell, original name was Richard Myers. I, I'm sorry no, about I that. No, I think I read that somewhere, but it was insignificant to right. me. <laughs> well, not to our <laughs> listeners, it isn't. <laughs> Uh, Richard Myers was born, Richard Hell was born Richard Myers, and he met a man in 1973 called Tom Miller. And they eventually formed a group, a legendary group called Television in 1973. And the pair decided to adopt stage names after French poets they admired. Uh, if you know Television and, and, and you know the music they made, they're very literate. And very, uh, I guess, sophisticated is a good word. Um, Miller became Tom Verlaine, as most people know, who grew up listening to this music like I did. Nobody else did. And after the symbolist, Paul Verlaine. And Myers became Richard Hell, inspired by A Season in Hell, a poem written by uh, Verlaine's idol, Arthur Rimbaud. So they both took very unpunk rock names they took actually very uh literary coming yeah. from they're coming from the patty smith 
group of, of, of intellectuals. But when you say Richard Hill, it does kind of sound punk. It's got Hill Oh, it. it does. That's why I'm saying it's very surprising that uh, he didn't say, I want to be called Richard Hell because <laughs> I hate you all. But no, Richard Hell was actually a very smart... He was, he was almost the male version of Patti Smith, to be honest with you. Uh, the very first group to play uh, CBGBs in New York, the famous CBGBs in New York, was television. They were the first rock band to ever play in there. And... Uh, Richard Hell was the first person, and this is, he was the first person to have torn clothing, held together with safety pins, and he spiked his hair, which was to become the punk fashion. And he did this in 1975, before the English punk scene had even started. And a person who was around at that time in New York was Malcolm McLaren, who was managing the very... Dead on its legs, New York Dolls. They didn't have much time left together as a group. And in fact, the New York Dolls split up. And Malcolm McLaren went back to England. And he took these ideas with him about the clothing and the, the, the safety pins. And he incorporated it into the Sex Pistols image, but even more into the, the whole punk rock image, which, which was started by Richard Hell with, with putting clothes together and ripped clothing, and uh, which I actually wouldn't wear but i like to see i think it's a pretty cool thing it kind of says we don't have any money but uh I, I still wear it, but not by choice yeah that's <laughs> the kind of what i mean <laughs> uh tom um sorry richard hell left television in april 1975 because of conflicts with uh tom verlaine who i have heard is not an easy person to get along with and then he co-founded another seminal band that not many people have heard their music but a lot of people have heard about them which was the heartbreakers with new york dolls guitarist johnny thunders doomed johnny thunders because man of incredible substance use <laughs> i guess you could say <laughs> and uh richard hell was in that band for about a year until he quit and then began recruiting members for a new band in early 1976 that would become the voidoids which was a name that he was using for a novel he was writing. And he was lucky enough to find, I know this, is, this may not be interesting, but I, I find it interesting because I'm going on and on about the biography, but he was in very exalted circles, is what I'm saying. Right from the beginning, of, since 1973, he was with Tom Verlaine and television, legendary band, and then he was you know, in the Heartbreakers, who didn't record much because but they were legendary when they played and then he made his own group and he had legendary people and he had robert quinn on guitar who uh many people may think is a very rudimentary and doesn't know how to play the guitar actually is one of the greatest guitarists ever studied at the berkeley school of music new uh theory like nobody nobody's business and knew exactly what he was doing on the guitar. He just didn't do it like everybody else. And uh, that kind of fucks people up because when you hear Robert Quinn play, especially on uh, the Voidoids record, uh, Blank Generation, sounds like he just plugged in, but the, the guy is actually a, a, a genius at uh, getting the feeling of what it's supposed to be like in the song, not actually getting uh, 
really rocking notes <laughs> doing those tasty riffs right unfortunately the late robert quinn robert quinn uh passed away in 2004 his his wife died in 2003 and uh he uh didn't want to uh he got hooked by depression and uh didn't really leave him couldn't really cope without her and a year later he took his life with a heroin overdose which is not to make fun of it, but that's a pretty okay way to go. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm not, endor- I'm not endorsing anything. I'm going to go down screaming. <laughs> right. <laughs> he didn't. I'm not, we're not endorsing any way to go by that, you know, if you're going to go. I mean, Janice went that way. She didn't do it intentionally, but it's not, you know, it's not you a bad way. You just fall asleep and don't wake up. You do, yeah. And they also had Mark, Marky Bell. Mark Bell on drums of the Voidoids, who became, in 1978... Marky Ramone, who joined the Ramones and stayed with them. I don't know how long he stayed with them for a long time. Was actually the only person to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame other than the four original members. Which, so there was... Oh, yeah, okay. As a Ramone. Yeah, and he now talks for the Ramones. Now that all the original Ramones are gone... He now does all interviews about Ramones related things, and uh, but this was his band also. He Mark Mark Bell was in this uh, band playing drums before he joined the Ramones. So he had a very, again, you had a very exalted lineup. He also should should say uh, Ivan Julian was also on guitar, a very good guitarist. And uh, this album was was made uh, during the. Um, Hot summer of 1977 in New York City. That was the in fact. They even were, there's a story about how they recorded uh, the the famous New York blackout in 1977, and they re- recorded supposed to record the album really quickly, and books uh, like a day in, and then I'm not sure on the story. The blackout happened, and then they finished the album the next day. <laughs> they just went in and finished it, and. Uh, uh, an interesting thing is, uh, before we get to the actual album, is that uh, on the 40th anniversary reissue of this, you actually hear their very first time playing at CBGB's in uh, 1976. Uh, you get to hear a couple of songs that they did in their very first concert, which is... Uh, you don't get to hear that too often with the band. And if you, you know, do, they're usually not very good. But uh, you get to hear actually on that, uh, on the 40th anniversary uh, deluxe edition. Uh, the, now, the Voidoids, Richard Hell and the Voidoids, even Richard Hell, they didn't, Richard Hell has not been a prolific uh, musician or in, as far as releasing material is concerned uh, forever since he started. He, they released, uh, the blind generation, in 1977, Bridget Hell had a very, very bad heroin addiction. And he even admits that not only did he have a heroin addiction, but unlike some people like Keith Richards, who can do stuff while he has a heroin addiction, he couldn't, he couldn't absolutely do anything. And so his next album didn't come until 1982, uh, destiny street, which is a whole topic other together. About how Destiny Street got got made. It's the only other album with the Voidoids, and uh, he made that while he was again under severe uh, heroin addiction. 
And then I think he made one more solo record by himself, just Richard Hell. And uh, then he's just been kind of like, it's not. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to say why he he does or doesn't do music all of that all that often. It's just that I think he he has a lot of. He's a poet. He writes. He's into a lot of things. Music isn't his only thing. So uh, it's just interesting that if you you think with a guy like this there'd be a lot of records like with a, a lot of bands and there's not there's only about three so uh kind of bored everybody with that but i thought his history was <laughs> was cool some some guys histories are you know you can say it in two seconds and it just seems he's been always in the right place at the right time with the right musicians uh to make his music and this album blank generation is a little bit of a special album to me because my brother uh, took his name of his band from the song Blank Generation. My brother's band was called Blank Generation, and they recorded their album under that name. So I have an affinity for that. Uh, I did listen to this album. About <laughs> over 40 years ago. I didn't like it. I don't even remember it, to be honest with you, but I know that I loved the song Blank Generation at the time. I remember that because... Uh, when I put the album on again this last week and played it over and over, um, I could remember that song word for word and everything. So I must have played it lots. I don't remember other than I don't think I liked it because I didn't play it more than once, I think. This is uh, this album, if I can compare it, it's like Captain Beefheart meets <clears throat> Patti Smith meets... Uh, Post-punk <laughs> meets Lou Reed. Uh, that sounds meets like a, Richard Hell. <laughs> a bunch of weird flavors. It's a bunch of weird flavors. A lot of potpourri in this. Uh, I love the the somebody called it uh, what the Richard Hell Novoidoids did, which I think is much better than punk rock. They called it art punk. And I think that really describes this record very well. If you were saying, what does this record sound like? Uh, it sounds like art punk. It's it's actually much more in the line of, of Lou Reed and Patti Smith and musically like Pink Captain Beefheart than it is with the attitude of punk rock put in. I think that's a pretty good description of it if you can actually describe it. If you think by looking at the cover and seeing, you know, Richard Hell with his t-shirt torn and spiked hair that it's going to come out like the Sex Pistols. It's not. <laughs> it's a different kind. It's very, very New York. It's very New York. Very intellectual. Uh, if you hear a click, that's my water. And uh, yeah, it's very, it's, uh, I have to admit the first time I heard it, this time, because I don't remember the first time. I the heard first time this yeah. time. Yeah, this okay, time, this last week. I, I didn't like it. I, I, I thought it was, I thought there was really good points. I didn't have the lyrics in front of me and I was listening to it and I was going, oh, you know, it's all off key and they don't sound like they know what they're doing. And and I like a couple of songs on here and I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. It just doesn't, I, I, I didn't thought it sounded like this. I thought it was like punk rock, like three, four, blah, 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 like that. And I... I, you know, and I definitely wouldn't have liked this in 1978 when I first heard it, because it was way over my head in 1978. I'll tell you that much. 
Um, but I tell you, I got the words to it. I went to, I went and got, you know, I was, when I, if you have the words, cause he's a great lyricist, he's a great poet. And when you have the words and these songs are actually, even though they, they have a Captain Beefheart type of, it's going to go everywhere. I don't know why they're jazzy type of free jazz type thing, but it does have a, a commerciality to it that every listen, it gets better. And it's a fascinating album to me. It's, it's very interesting. It's very downbeat. A lot of, most of the songs are about being on the street, having no money, being on heroin. And I, there's not, nothing to look forward to. You know, the blank generation. Blank meaning nothing. Um, it's just... It's a very downbeat record, which is why it's not a record that I would play all the time, but it is a record I would go back to because I love fascinating records. And this is not a record you hear every day. And oh, Rob's, Rob's ready to tear this record apart. I know it. <laughs> he always gives me, we both give each other these... Um, vibes, baby. Not vibes, but all these, <clears throat> these poker faces all the time so that nobody, <laughs> so that he, I can't give him how I feel about it until I start talking about it. And I don't know what he's going to say. He it's, always gives me a great poker face. It's my stony silence. He gives his stony <laughs> silence look like, I'm not going to tell you whether I like it or not to sway you or anything. Which sometimes it does if he if he would go like wow. If I'm really excited about the record, you usually know I had it done. Yeah, like I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to talk. Yeah. I'm not chomping at the bit. To talk. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I knew that even when I was listening to it all week. But I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm sorry. I grew up on this music, not exactly this kind of punk rock, but this is the kind of adventurous music that I that my brother gave to me, and I'm telling you. From my point of view, this album gets really good each listen. It's 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 a very tough first listen because <laughs> he sings off key, but you know what? By the third or fourth listen, the emotion that comes through I think is tremendous. Uh, I think a lot of that may be uh, done on purpose. The vocal is a little bit too high which is why you really notice that it's off-key a lot of times. That's a little bit of a problem. Uh, I don't think I dislike any of these songs. Some songs which I really dislike on first list, and I start to, you know, I, I started to uh, really like. Um, I, I came to, I listened to this record, I had to listen to this record one more time. So I listened to this record like at 2 o'clock last night. And uh, one more time before we go in tomorrow. So two o'clock punk. <laughs> two o'clock punk. And uh, I loved it. I, every time it got better and better. And uh, Love Comes in Spurts, just a, just a great song. Sounds like total chaos done by a bunch of amateurs, but it's supposed to sound that way. There's a difference between sounding that way and supposed to be sounding that way. And being that way, yes. <laughs> and being that way. Betrayal Takes Two is, an, is one of those incredible slow songs that are not ballads, but they're slow and as... Uh, I can't describe it. I'm sorry. It's just And there's even an upbeat song, which is not really upbeat in terms of lyrics, but an upbeat in terms of Down at the Rock and Roll Club, which sounds fantastic. But it's about him and his girlfriend bringing guns to a rock and roll club so that they can shoot people. So it's not fun, but it sounds fun. Down at the rock and roll club. Um, 
Yeah, and of course, Blank Generation, which is a song I heard in 1978 and was played, of course, with my brother taking the name from the album and the song. It got played quite a lot in our house, and uh, uh, I just love that song. I think it's one of the great songs of the punk era. And uh, yeah, I, it's, it's strange. It's weird. It's punk. It's not punk. It's, it's literate. It's, it's, a, it's a hard album to describe. But at the end of it, I ended up actually loving it. I actually ended up loving this record. And I give it four and a half out of five stars. And now you are going to hear Rob tear this album to bits. Uh, you and your rose-colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, optimistic when I first started listening. I said, you know, okay, I got through the Ramones. This, uh, this sounds like it's going to be a little bit better. So, okay, that, that was the first song there. That was, that was a good five-minute song. What? It's only two minutes. <laughs> well, I've listened to the album um, two times, but it's, it's actually like listening to it five times. <laughs> um, you are so misguided, it makes me laugh. I want to... <laughs> Retract my uh, my rating from last week, uh, where I gave the, the Ramon a two and a half, and, and you questioned me on that, and uh, I said it doesn't sound like a two and a half by your description, and you sir were correct. <laughs> I'm withdrawing, I'm retracting that uh, the Ramones. I'm putting it a one and a half because I listened to this album and I thought these guys did a bunch of things better than Ramones, but there's no way this is a two and a half star album. Um, I like the you rhythm sound, section. I told you last week. Can I just interrupt for a second? I told you last week. That from the way you were talking, yes. and I can almost tell yes. every time that you talk <laughs> was, what your rating is going to be. I swear to God. I and you be... talked one and a half to maybe yep. two, and I thought giving it two and a half was extremely generous I by was what being, you were saying. They, they're the Ramones. You can't just. But that so now. you gave it one and a half, and I gave it five. That's quite yes. a discrepancy. One and a half, and this one uh, makes it in a two. Because, like I said, a lot of this I find is a little bit better than the Ramones. The rhythm section specifically, uh, the, those guys sound like they know what they're doing. They, they, they put down some good sounds. Uh, rhythm guitar, bass, and drums. Uh, the guitar, I know full well what he was going for. And uh, in a small bursts, that works fine for me. Right, Neil Young's doing that uh, on the uh, the solo for uh, Down by the River, and he starts to... Neil Young that. actually does that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But he does it in parts where it, it, it kind of denotes it like going into rage or an emotion that has a reason. And this is just, it's a complete overkill. It was a, the whole thing. It's, it's it, the way I can describe the, the physical playing of the guitar. It's more like beating the guitar than playing it. Yeah, I want to hit you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to hit you last week, but I want to hit you right now. <laughs> I give the Ramones a bit more for energy. I thought they had a more energetic, uh, straightforward drive there, but uh, that's what the only thing uh, I found was better than that one. And the other uh, thing I found that tied kind of was the vocals. I, I, the vocals, it's like, who do I want to listen to less? Uh, Richard Hill or the Ramones? For different reasons, however. Uh, the Ramones, I couldn't hear what he was saying, and it says, uh, should you be doing this? And with Richard Hell, he kind of adopted a characterization, a voice that uh, sounds to me like uh, one of those kids who had a tough time fitting the, the round peg into the square hole and needed more nurturing. That's the character he presents to me when, when I'm hearing this. And it, if, 
the way I feel is this almost feels like rebellion for the sake of rebellion. Not to, because it's actually rebellion, just because rebellion is what we're supposed to be doing. Also, so a guy, so a guy who's living <laughs> on the street and has a heroin addiction doesn't really have much to bitch about, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm saying is the presentation. I mean, uh, if you're rebelling against something, it seems to me that uh, it would almost make sense to present something. Uh, I don't think he's rebelling. What is he rebelling against? He's not rebelling against anything. He's just saying, like, man, like I'm, I'm, li- you know, the street life is really shitty. And uh, I mean, he got a great song at the end of the record called Another World, which him and his girlfriend are just totally fucked up. And then he says with this great uh, chorus, uh, we were made to be together in another world, which I thought was fantastic. We're totally fucked up here. That's how everybody thinks, especially when you're on heroin, I would assume, is that you're going like, geez, if we were in another world, if we really got our act together, we could really hit it off even better than we are now what does have to do not a lot of this album punk rock with the rebellion against the music the way it was where it was all cut and dried and it was going to become like this and these guys they said we don't want to play like that which i respect immensely but i did the path in choosing it here uh, (laughs) i'm not even going to pretend that uh, this is not my scene I don't like it. This is not my scene, man. (laughs) You know what? Your club is nice, but it's not my scene. I I think I'm going to split while I got the chance. It was too much. As far as I'm concerned, this would be great for like if you were just doing like a novelty song or uh, a stage act for a short period of time. But as far as doing an entire album or more than one album of this stuff, uh, I think there's a reason that uh, it didn't catch on. (laughs) <laughs> why did why did all the critics like it then again what looks like like, like uh I now i admit i don't pay a lot of attention to critics i admit this is not commercial music but that doesn't mean that uh so no, it's not that's, that's so a it's not going to sell of uh, how great it or how bad it is it's well then i don't like it I know, I know, and I and I understand that, and I always respect your opinion, except this time because I think you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a hard album. I mean, this I told you when I first listened to it. Yeah. For real, uh, I didn't. I didn't. And I if didn't I could like give it. it enough listens to learn to like it, maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know because you said the second listen was like listening to it five times. <laughs> um, the two and if you yeah. had I didn't I didn't I didn't have the sort of feelings you had when I listened to it the first time uh, like all the stuff that you said I didn't think about I, I didn't have those opinions at all the first I just didn't think that uh, I just either wasn't ready for it it hadn't sunk in it needed to sink in a little bit but I said I, I'm, you know I'm going to give this album a chance because I got a feeling this is one of those albums that you have to listen to over and over just like Captain Beefheart man did I hate Captain Beefheart when I first heard him and everybody had like Matt Groening from The Simpsons said I, I thought Captain Beefheart was uh, Trout Mask Replica was the worst album I ever heard in my life and then for some reason it was so interesting I kept listening to it and listening to it and then I realized that's the greatest album I think I'm ever going to hear in my life <laughs> now I'm not saying that this is that's it the no, problem no. but it has a very beef heart thing about it it has a lot of cross, jazz yeah. and it has a lot of uh it just has a lot of uh, the beef heart type of 
elements that that the captain has had used in his career and i'm the first one to say that even though there are, are albums from captain Beefheart that i really love some of them i have listened to many times and i go i don't i don't get what people are, are raving about i risk just don't get it i think this is one of those records for you i think if you listen to this 10 times you'd still maybe put it up half a star but you would still say i don't get it i don't know why all these critics rave about it which is nothing bad everybody's you know, opinion I is right everybody's opinion is right you know if i don't like the ramones album it doesn't mean that i think they've done anything wrong or anything offensive or they just Ah, uh, it's aggravating to my ears. And this, <laughs> the uh, the vocals and the uh, the guitar, uh, it's too much of a, a thing that uh, in small doses might work. But over the course of uh, this whole album, it just it makes me it puts me in a punchy mood, <laughs> in a punchy mood, <laughs> and not not good punch either. Like punch anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's. Okay. I mean, the fact that I actually we got to walk away from this one. We seriously got to walk away from this. I, I do want to apologize for retracting my rating from last week, but I just want to say, hey, really disliking music is new to me. <laughs> you know, you got to dislike something. You know I that you do. can't like everything. I if was, you like everything, you're just pandering to. For some of the uh, stuff, uh, like the jazz, I was indifferent to it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had a different mental picture of. Uh, I'm just surprised. I'm not talking. Let's not talk about this, this album. But again, I just want to go back to like this music, and this has nothing to do with you, and it's not a criticism of you. It's actually a criticism of me. Going back to the beginning of the show, in that this music is like part of my DNA because it was yeah. just thrust at me all yeah, the time. Once again, every week. it leads me to ask, what if I'd listened to this when I was young and uh, this would be great music for pissing off my parents. And that's that's kind and of I what I got when you reviewed the Ramones and especially when you said, you know what, other than uh, Blitzkrieg Bob, not a lot of these songs have been played by people, which is what you said. You looked at, at, at how often the other songs and that's when I said to myself during last week's show, and I did say this, I said, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe this music is a, it's a time capsule and it doesn't speak to the people like it does. And it's, and it was, I know this period. I know, I know what they're, what it's after. I just know this period so well. I know 1977 to 1982 or whatever, just like the back of my hand, because these records came in. And maybe in a way, you are, and I said this last week, that you're reflecting a lot of feelings that people have 45 years later. Is that, yeah, that may have been great in 1977, but this ain't 1977, and music has moved on, and there's been other things. And uh, that's kind of what I'm getting at, not just from your review, what you've said, but the way you've said that, that from people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. That I'm not just it. saying you're like that and everybody else is like, punk rock's great. I'm starting to get the realization that I've had for 45 years being broken that everybody loves this stuff because I, it was ingrained in me so young that uh, I expect everybody to love this type of music. 
And maybe this music is very much of its time, just as maybe, you know, just as silly as psychedelic music in Sense and Peppermints is very much of 1967. Yeah, I mean, you got a few, a uh, few of those songs that really stand out. But if you try to listen to all of it, you realize, you know, they were going for a thing, but uh, a lot of it just uh, wasn't sticking. Yeah. Uh, on this album, and maybe it would stick with you if it was 1977, but it's not. It's uh, not 1977. Yes. <sighs> And I didn't forget to mention on this song, the one the song I did like was um, uh, Blank Generation. That one uh, had something there. That was the novelty song. That uh... Okay. I actually get exactly what you're talking about. And I actually think I agree uh, from the people's point of view. Because when you listen to a record from 1977 or, 19, or in 1977 or 1978, you have to take in the culture. You have to take in where you've been, where you are what the young people yeah, are like back happened. then, all of that stuff, how the older mm. generation treats the younger generation, the economy of that you time. you got to kind of take into account what hasn't happened. Exactly. you got to take into account about 20 things at least when you when you listen to a record at a certain time when it's released. Yeah. Okay? Any record. We're giving different listens. We're giving kind of objective over the years listens. Ooh, yes, the that's the point. And, and since this stuff had been ingrained on me, as, as much as Led Zeppelin is or any other group, because this music came in, I understand going back to that time, you can't, or the, most people, I'm not just saying you, but most people can't understand going back at that time because they didn't grow up with the music. So they're going, yeah, you know, that's, it says something, but it doesn't say something to me. And uh, I understand. I understand. At first, when you were given this review, I was dumbfounded because this is really incredible. <laughs> then I was going, you were, you, you didn't change my mind about how I felt of it because no. I love it. But I understood at first. I didn't understand why you why you were so uh, hateful about it. And then I realized, you know, the problem is 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 just how when you approached music and you got into it, and when I got into it, and I had a brother who gave me music all the time that was like this, and. There's a lot of factors why you like music, I guess. You know what I mean? There's a lot of yes. factors why you like music, why you don't. Uh, and your head is just not into this type of stuff in 2012 or 2012. Whatever year it is. 2212? I don't know what year it is. <laughs> 2022. It's, I'm not, sorry. it's not 2112. <laughs> if anybody's going, what the fuck? I hate this. They even know what year it is, and he has his own show. <laughs> I thought they uh, at least recorded these shows close <laughs> to the date that they uh, they released on. Um, I, I I do. Uh, I I was kind of mad, and then I just realized, like again, you know Maybe. what? Maybe you should realize. Uh, I'd like this if I listened to it more times, but I was not able to get past two listens. I don't I don't know if you would. I, I you might a little bit. I think I'd have to have a reason. If there was like a, a really hot chick who liked this music, <laughs> and I was like, I want to, you know, <laughs> then maybe I would uh, put more effort into uh, getting through this. What was the rating again? I'm Just... going with two on this one. Well, we have. Uh, <laughs> Once this has been. I did not because of my. I I would say naivety about about this because I love it so much. This is. I did not expect this theme to be so contentious because we didn't have that much Ever, contention with our with else. not only with anyone <laughs> with any f form of theme we have but we even did british punk rock and we agreed on all three yeah. records which by again that's why there's a difference between british punk rock and american punk rock 
and uh, which I explained, and, and you really have to live through it and to understand it. Uh, we're not; it can't be explained in words, but there is a big difference. And that's another reason why I was going. Why is there such a difference? We agreed on the British punk rock. Um, we had no real real quarrels about it. It's uh, anyways. This is uh, a, this somehow this is even way more uh, the raw. It's just a little more... I never thought we'd be this contentious about anything because we were so... <laughs> we do have such a very, very identical musical taste. This one, yeah, it really surprised me because like I say, I'd always uh, heard of the Ramones. I have immense respect for them as uh, musicians and pioneers. And then uh, I listened to the whole album and was like, uh, really? I don't want to listen to this again? But this, it's, it's, I, I love hearing your viewpoint when we agree or when we disagree. And we don't disagree too often but you always make your points on no. why you don't like it. <laughs> I can almost list on uh, both hands. You can. Uh, on you ten can, fingers the times we disagree. You always say, I don't just like it because it pissed me off. I don't like it because it does this, I, it does I, this, it does this. And this is why I like it. And when you say why you like an album, it even even though I may like the album just as much as you, you bring up one or yeah. two points that I never even thought Sometimes of that I liked the about. Here's stuff you don't hear or haven't heard or exactly. haven't thought about. You know? That's why we have two people here is that yeah. you maybe learn one or two things about why I liked it. And then, so not only is it not boring when we agree on something because we It'd still mighty, get something from each other. It'd be mighty short because there'd be no discussion. Exactly. <laughs> I liked it like that too. <laughs> I liked it and I think uh, the clothing the war was really good. <laughs> so, uh, I, if you follow this this show a lot, you will know that me and Rob do not disagree this vehemently very often. No, not this much contrast. If you add up the stars uh, over the course of the three shows, uh, by God, they're the biggest contrast ever. I don't see any contrast in the future this big. No, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I can't see. We don't have too many musical forms to go through. We went. We have gone through quite a few musical genres already. We only have maybe five or six different ones to go through and uh we have pretty much agreed either we liked it or we loved it or uh i'm not surprised i am i'm I am surprised but i've got an awakening and by that i mean that i i i had this deluded thought that and i don't I don't want to keep harping on it but i had this deluded thought that everybody thought like i did a punk rock <laughs> but you know what shit we were 11 years old and i highly doubt that you got exposed to punk rock at 11 years no. old because your brother craig I brought home a lot of records punk rock uh yeah leanne brought home records my older sister but they oh yeah leave like, uh, john yeah that was great what do we got there we have a uh, david soul and <laughs> soup and uh we got donny osmond and we got uh by golly who else did you god we're doing that pretty soon terry too. jacks we're doing terry uh jacks. we're doing uh no yeah, we are. Sorry, we have Get to. It. We have to cover all bases. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna after the show. I'm gonna give you a proposition for um, the, the uh, three week theme. That uh, I don't do this often, but uh, you just you never do it. <laughs> what do you, you mean just don't do you it often? I did know the, uh, the, the 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 country and western chicks. Did I think of that one? Then. Uh, well, you tell me after the show. Gals, you know what I mean. No, I don't. <laughs> did you tell me after the show? Okay, no, 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 yeah, 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 for the idea. Yeah, which yeah, I've not stated. I've not stated. There's been no clues given yet. But after the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's our show for today. You know what? We went overtime. Here I thought we were going to be like 15 minutes under time, and we went uh, I wasn't too worried. I thought, the, the, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm going to disagree, and we're going to have to talk about that. <laughs> uh, next week, we will conclude our look at American punk rock in the 70s. 
with another album that Rob probably won't like. <laughs> I just want to say, tune in next week for <laughs> Rob's terrible conclusion. <laughs> And, and there uh, is a terrible conclusion coming. And probably Mr. <laughs> Linton Hogg won't even listen to next week's episode, I would assume. I think he said all he has to say on the topic. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. Can you think of anything else he would say? He I doesn't can. need a half an hour to explain how he feels. No, he went too long here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, until then, so long, everybody, and take care. Just write her off